Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. There is a chorus that we used to sing that goes something like this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And it just repeats itself several times. Now, I'm not going to sing it for you because I'd like for you to hang with me over the next 12 minutes or so as I complete this podcast. But it was a great little chorus. Uh, there was another one that uh, we sang as children. Uh, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart where down in my heart down in my heart to stay. And I'm sure that you can probably think of some other joy songs or choruses that uh, you have perhaps uh, sung in the past. Well, uh, what is real joy? What is authentic joy? I can summarize it this way in a very simple statement. It is this, real joy is knowing Christ. And here in the book of Philippians, the book that we have been studying now over the last several podcasts, we are finding authentic joy. We come to chapter 3 today, and in chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. There is that word rejoice. The word rejoice or joy is found 14 times in this little four-chapter book. It definitely is the theme of the book. But here in chapter 3, verse 1, where he says rejoice, in the Lord is the first time that that is uh, attached to rejoice, in the Lord. Rejoice where? Rejoice in the Lord. And that is really the key to authentic joy. It is not outward circumstances, but rather it is an inner relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And our joy can be found in that relationship. Now, don't expect others who don't have that relationship to understand. Uh, This is something that is uh, not easily explained with words. It, It has to be experienced. You've got to know the Lord Jesus Christ and be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ in order to experience and know real, authentic joy. Well, the Apostle Paul uh, said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And then he goes on in verse 1 to say, To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. So evidently, Paul has uh, already spoken to the Philippian believers about what he is uh, ready to address here. He's already said something to them, but he says, hey, it's no trouble for me to to write these things down and send them to you again. I, I believe you need to hear it. It'll be a safeguard for you. And what he is about to do is, is he is about to give the um, Philippian church a heads up. He Listen to what he says in verse 2. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. So he is giving them a heads up. He's giving them a warning. He's saying, I want to warn you about false teachers and false teaching. And uh, these are dogs. Now, in, in that particular uh, society, in that particular culture, that was not a compliment. Uh, dogs in those days ran wild through the streets and uh, they were scavengers and they were dirty and many times diseased. 
and and they were takers and they spread bad things and so to call someone a dog was to put it in that context so these uh false teachers were they they were spreading a disease they were takers uh they weren't adding to to uh, the society or to the people they were taking away and they were they were spreading uh sickness so to speak spiritual sickness and so paul says beware of them beware of the false circumcision so he's going to talk specifically about something here the false circumcision and let me just say that in a general sense he was warning them about the judaizers and the judaizers were those that were saying hey you've got to keep the law to be saved you have got to do X, Y, and Z to to know the Lord. And uh, this term, false circumcision, here is a is a very graphic term. It, that word circumcision in this case means to mutilate, to cut off, to mutilate. He says that's what they're doing. They're mutilating uh, people. But verse 3 says, For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And so he said there is a true circumcision, and that one means to cut around. And so uh, you get the, the picture. I'm being graphic here, but he said the false guys are mutilating or cutting off, and, and, and you don't want to be cut off from the Lord, but the true circumcision is cutting around and uh, the way circumcision was supposed to be done. And he says those of the true circumcision, those true believers are characterized by three things. One, they worship in the Spirit of God. They worship or serve God in the Spirit. Now, a second uh, characteristic is they glory or they exalt or exalt in Christ. They give the Lord Jesus all the credit. It's all about Jesus. That's a true believer. And the third thing is they put no confidence in the flesh. And so uh, that is a general way of saying that there's only one way to be a true believer, and that is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He says that, that's what we are. We're of the true circumcision. And, and um, so he is um, laying out now his own uh, testimony, all right? Verse 4, he says, Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Paul said, hey, if you want to go uh, comparing flesh uh, characteristics here, accomplishments, uh, I, I exceed them. Listen to my flesh accomplishments. And Paul goes on to uh, give seven impressive flesh characteristics in his own life. He says in verse 5, circumcise the eighth day. Now that was exactly what the law called for. When a young a male was born on the eighth day of his life, he was to be taken uh, to before the priest and to be circumcised. He says, done. You can check that one off. That's what happened to me. He said, number two, of the nation of Israel. In other words, I'm a true descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, who was later renamed Israel. I'm a part of that. I'm a, I'm a true Israelite. Number three, of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, of the 12 tribes of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin was considered an elite tribe. He says, I came out of the elite tribe. Uh, Number four, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Uh, in other words, Paul 
uh, said, I, I speak the language, I know the customs, I am a true Hebrew through and through. Number five, as to the law, a Pharisee. He says, uh, I was a part of the Pharisees. Now, that was a sect of the, uh, of the Jewish people that was a, it was kind of like the fundamentalist sect. They, they uh, strictly adhere to the law. They believe the law. They, they were conservatives. And, and they were, uh, in I guess in our terms, sort of orthodox. But they took that law to, to its nth degree. They were legalists. And he said, hey, I'm a Pharisee. And then, then he said, um, number uh, uh, six, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. He, and zeal, by the way, was considered the highest virtue among Jews. It, it, was, it, it combined love and hate, you know. Uh, the love of the law caused you to hate others. And, then, and Paul was very zealous to the point that he persecuted the church because he saw the church as a... Um, as a sect that was outside of the norm. He saw them as uh, counterfeit. And so being a zealous Pharisee, he went after them. So he said, I've got zeal. I've got that highest virtue. And then number seven, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. And so basically he says outwardly, I was keeping those finer points of the law. You know, I, I put up a good front. I, I kept that law. Uh, people thought I was really a righteous fella. And so Paul said, hey, if you want to brag in the flesh, those of you of the false circumcision, you want to talk about keeping the law, look at me. I, I'm exhibit A on that. And, and he meant that. But thank God that's not where it stopped. Because in verse 7 he said, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Verse 8, More than that I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. And so what... Paul said there, all of that is rubbish, and that is a strong word. Um, garbage, dung, um, it, it, those are the kinds of very graphic, strong words he's using. He said, all of my accomplishments in the flesh, those seven things, all of that mean nothing. They're loss. He used business terms here, loss and gain, uh, loss and profit. He says, all of that brought loss to my life, but the thing that brought profit to my life was knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And look at verse 9, he says, and may be found in him, in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. There it is. There's true circumcision. It's by faith in Christ and Christ alone and when we put faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross when we put faith in that that's when God credits to our account his righteousness that's the one and only way we can be in good standing with the Lord Jesus Christ with God and and Paul said that's my story that's what true circumcision is and then in verses 10 and 11, he kind of wraps it up by saying um, that I may know him. This is Paul's one desire, that I may know him. And that is a deep experiential knowledge, that I may know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, I'm willing to partake in his suffering, being conformed to his death. I'm willing even to die. Just as Jesus died to redeem men, I am willing to die to see that men come to Christ. His death was not redemptive. Paul's death was not redemptive. 
captive. But as Christ died to redeem men, Paul says, I'm willing to die to see people saved. Verse 11, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. He said, I know that even though I die here, this old body one day will be raised again. And I'm willing to do that for Christ. And he said, I know joy, true joy in the Lord, in Jesus Christ, and in this relationship that I have with Jesus Christ by faith. Do you know that today? Do you have authentic joy in Christ? I sure hope you do. Well, looking forward to the next time. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.